Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The homeless population in Salt Lake seems to be growing every year. Over the last five years, homelessness has more than tripled. But spending to solve the issue has increased by 600% in that same time. So we're going to go behind the headlines, behind the numbers. Are we putting money in the right place and are we getting the right outcomes? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. One of those who has constantly been thinking again about how we approach and how we better solve the problem of homelessness is our good friend Scott Howell, CEO of Howell Consulting, of course, also a former Utah State Senate minority leader. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Boyd, what a pleasure to be on with you, and uh, what perfect timing for a crucial conversation. Oh, my goodness. This is just the right uh, the right subject at the right time. It, it is. And, and so as you look at these numbers, and uh, you've been one who, as I said, has been thinking about this for a long time uh, in terms of how do we get to different and better outcomes in all of this? Let's just start with kind of what are we doing well? Uh, what's going right? What's going wrong? What do we need to do better? Well, what we're doing right right now is we're bringing together a desperate, disparate, excuse me, groups out there where we're trying to bring them under one umbrella. And I think the first major step on that was when we have a state homeless coordinator in uh, former Senate President Wayne Niederhauser. I, I think we're um, looking at the problem from many different angles. But as you mentioned earlier, um, the audit really did bring up some interesting points. It said, you know, we're, we're making some progress in two or three areas, but then, boy, did it uh, bring home that reality of what's really going on? And when you talked about this earlier, the 600% increase in funding and still having the results that we are getting, no business in the world would ever think that that is anywhere near success. And I think the audit really did. There were three key points on that, uh, Boyd, that I uh, took out of it. And, you know, thank goodness our state legislative auditor team, uh, Brian and, and Jim and some other people up there who really are diligent on this. And they don't have an ax to grind with anybody uh, other than to report back to the, to the legislative leadership on what's uh, happening in that environment. I think one of the things, and you brought this up about the money, 
before we throw more money at the problem, we need to know what works and what doesn't work to address homelessness. I think legislators and the major donors, you know, that's the Echoes and the Millers, they need reassurance that additional funds devoted to homeless will produce uh, tangible results. Yeah. And there's so many who are ready to donate a significant amount of money to the problem of homelessness, but they want reassurance that it will be a ret- uh, an ROI, as we say, return on investment. They want deliverables. At the same time, the service providers are asking hundreds of millions of dollars for additional housing without being able to say, what difference will it make? And the report points this out on page 41. There's a concern, and I'll quote it, there's a concern as to whether the homeless services system can use use the level or funding efficiently and effectively. Mm. We, the auditors, share these concerns. And the auditors are asking if their plan is just to put people in housing or shouldn't we try and address the underlying cause of homelessness? And that's what the Pioneer Park Coalition has said from day one. You know, if we give an apartment that costs 250000 shouldn't it be an expectation that we deal with their drug use, their mental health issues? Yeah. If we don't, we risk simply taking the poverty, filth, drug use, and mental illness off the street and putting it in an apartment. Right. And that's just not right. Um, we need to get people into some type of shelter. We all agree with that. Yes. Uh, but unless people commit to addressing the obstacles for a healthy lifestyle, we might be in a, a no-win situation for everyone. Yeah, and in many in many ways, you end up trapping uh, those people in that very spot uh, if you yeah. don't have that ability to say, "Okay, what is the outcome?" The outcome is we want someone who can, you know, be self-reliant, self-sufficient. That can be a contributing member to society and and make a difference that way. Uh, and so I do think there is an important part, as, as I looked at it and looked the report out, uh, there is that idea of, are, you know, are we just solely focused on the housing component or are we going to not treat these folks as liabilities to be managed, that they just need a roof over their head? Uh, are we going to well, treat them as individuals with great potential yes. uh, that can be developed and nourished with the right kind of things in terms of mental health, uh, addiction, and, and, and real skills? I completely agree with that, Boyd. And we need a separate strategy for the different subpopulations of homelessness. You know, the audit talks about the need to develop strategies that target really specific subpopulations of homelessness. And we've said that forever. There's a world of difference between the temporary homeless who knows what it's like to live in a home and the chronically homeless who suffer from very serious mental illness, drug addiction and trauma who have never lived a healthy lifestyle. Right. And there's a need to carefully craft a strategy, which I'm hoping and praying that we'll come together and under the leadership of the new coordinator that we're trying to we can serve those individuals and we'll address the unique needs that they have. You know, I've always said that Salt Lake City should be a beacon on the hill, a beacon of light. Yeah. And I can't think of anything worse to drown out the light than throwing somebody or giving somebody a house and never giving them the skills or the uh, uh, support services to deal with that home. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a it's a terrible situation and. The beacon of light should be the Salt Lake City is recognized not only in the country but worldwide as someone who's really doing the right things with homelessness. Yeah. And that's 
That's where I think we, we got to shine. That is where we need to shine, and that is where we need to go. Scott Howell, thanks for helping us think again as it relates to the homelessness situation here in Salt Lake City in the state of Utah. Uh, so much more to cover in there. Transparency and accountability for outcomes, uh, to me, is the secret sauce that we have to get to. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the money the state does have, where it should go next. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.